Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This activity entitled PLLA, the right patient at the right time, is provided by Prova Education and is supported by an independent educational grant from Galderma. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives. Determining which patients will benefit from biostimulant injections and which will benefit from surgery is an important consideration for aesthetic clinicians. But what specific factors can help guide optimal patient selection, administration techniques, and sequencing of therapy for our patients? That will be the critical question we address today. This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Jason Bloom. Here to review those key factors is Dr. Melanie Palm from San Diego, California, and Dr. Susan Wankel from Bradenton, Florida. Let's begin our discussion today really by focusing on what happens to our skin as we age. Sure. So Dr. Palm, would you be able to offer us some insights here? Absolutely. Um, you know, unfortunately our skin ages. And so um, I talk to patients a lot in consultation about not only how the skin changes from intrinsic and, and extrinsic factors, but also the layers underneath. I talk mm -hmm. to them about how muscle atrophies over time, how our fat compartments change. Most of them start to shrink, but some areas like the submentum mm -hmm. or the infraorbital fat pad can actually increase in volume over time. There's incredible bony resorption that happens, um, you know, in terms of changes in our jawline, changes in our maxilla, changes in our, our orbits. Right. Exactly. Our orbits absorbing widen. Yep. Yeah. And that's why we look so sunken. Right. And that's why we get that A-frame deformity, right? Exactly. And that all plays a role in how the visage of our face appears to others. And so in terms of the skin specifically, you know, UV radiation, um, environmental factors play a huge role, but intrinsic genetic as well. And so we can rehab some of that with some of the injectables we have. So with some of our collagen stimulators, we know from PLLA research that was done back in the HIV mm -hmm. lipoatrophy mm -hmm. ways er er era that it actually increases the thickness of the dermis through the subclinical inflammation that causes neocollagenesis. And with HAs, we know from research that was actually done with NASHA product, the original Restylane, um, that it, it puts pressure on these fibroblasts. And when we stretch those mm, fibroblasts, we're gonna build some collagen. So, you know, not its primary mechanism of action, but even with the HAs, we can build some collagen. And if we start to build the collagen, thicken the dermis, support some of the tissues, we see um, correcting of those changes between cosmetic units that happens as we lose volume but also luminosity of the skin smoothness pore size if we're actually supporting the skin and we're thickening the dermis we start to see some of those changes I as love well that passion so let's say dr. Winkle that you're talking to a patient and you're going through your thought processes and you're trying to determine if the patient needs a product that you can give injectably in the office such mm -hmm. as PLLA or polyalactic acid or if you think they need surgery to a specific area for example Walk us through that process. What are you looking at? What are some of the things okay. that you're deciding? Well, again, with setting expectations. If that patient thinks that two vials of PLLA is going to totally lift this 20-year sagging face, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right. Or if they've got so much laxity of their orbicularis oculi and so much festooning, mm. there's just not a filler in my cupboard. And sometimes I really think, all right, is this going to be economically feasible and realistic in this patient's budget and expectations for what my needle can do? Or is it really time to say, you know, you've got to go down the street and see my buddy down here? Because 
that is going to be long-term meeting your goals better, specifically the neck. Yeah, the neck is the very, neck very difficult. Is to, a deal breaker. Yeah, yeah, to rejuvenate in an injectable mm. manner. But also, you, you got to talk to the patients and say, "What is your downtime mm -hmm. tolerance?" Yeah, and I think right. your relationship doesn't end there because even with surgery, we know patients if they have a full facial rhinectomy, they start to lose support in their lateral face right. in that area. That's and they get atrophy. The a lot of that yeah. preauricular atrophy here. That's a telltale sign that needs to be yeah. so knowing addressed. That there's going to be a continuance of care, and there's going to be some upkeep, even if you choose a surgical <clears throat> solution. So, how can biostimulant products such as polyalactic acid or PLLA, or different hyaluronic acid products like HAs, how does that guide your decision on which product you select for patients? Sure. I think for me, it's about the physical properties of the product the timeline that mm -hmm. I have to treat the mm -hmm. patient, and also the anatomy or the area I'm trying to correct because certain fillers, certain biostimulants are better served in certain areas. And oftentimes I'll combine the two. So for example, with hyaluronic acid fillers, I tend to think in terms of cross-linking, the concentration, and then what's the physical characteristics of the products as well. And, and, um, and that really guides, am I using this as a deeper filler mm -hmm. with, a, with a stiffer property, a high elastic modulus that I'm using to lift tissues? To lift. Is this something that's maybe somewhere in between and I'm using that for, you know, some folds, a little bit of lines, you know, superficial, subcutaneous, or is this truly something that it's a dermal issue and I'm trying to just line chase? Um, you know, polyolactic acid is a much different sort of beast. And it's not just polyolactic acid that we're right. talking about with biostimulators. There's others in that class. So we do know, I mean, HA to a certain extent builds a little bit of collagen sure. when we place it. But there's also um, products such as calcium hydroxyl appetite that are on the market that give a little immediate fill, build a little mm -hmm. collagen. And then PMMA, which is collagen character with the polymethyl methacrylate, which I don't personally use but can be used as collagen stimulation. And so with PLLA, we know there's a very predictable subclinical inflammatory reaction. That's not how I explain it to patients. And right. I, I think how I explain it to patients is, is that we're going to produce um, a product that comes as a powder. We're gonna mix it in a little bit of sterile water and it's similar to lactic acid. It gets broken down into carbon dioxide and water by our mm -hmm. own body over a period of months, which we now know is months and months and months. And in response, our body is going to start to build collagen. And I think for many patients, it's very appealing that their own body because is producing natural. their own right. filler. It's natural. And, and I think if you're looking for slow, gradual, but meaningful results, then considering a collagen stimulating agent might be something to add to the patient's sort of um, overall treatment plan. So often I'll use that as scaffolding and it's sort of my baseline, my foundation. And then I use accentuation mm -hmm. points where um, other fillers and injectable products are sort of better served. We're putting it in the places where we want to increase volume or some collagen stimulation. So now, um, what, what do you feel about that, Dr. Wankel? Like anything to add here? Well, first of all, I think it's very important as we talk about expectations. I reconstitute my PLLA with nine cc's. Okay? I do the same. Mm -hmm. Now, when you put nine cc's of water in that face, sure. and they look in the mirror and they go, well, I really like this. <laughs> and I say, in three days from now, you're not going to be loving me because that water that is the carrier mm. for this is going to get reabsorbed. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then you're going to look in the mirror and say, what did I pay for? Yeah. But gradually. We've over planted the, the seeds. Yes. 
over the next six weeks, it's going to sprout the collagen mm -hmm. and you're going to begin to see the improvement in te texture, mm -hmm. tone, light reflection, the things we talked about. It's very important also to say this is durable. And I think that's one of the exciting things. I often will treat that patient once a month or every four, four to six weeks for maybe three or four treatments. Yeah. So Dr. Palm, now that we have a better understanding really kind of the differences between the polyalactic acid mm -hmm. and the different hyaluronic acid products, there is some variances in how we reconstitute and how we inject these products. Dr. Winkle was saying she reconstitute with nine cc's, I do the same. Tell me, what are you doing? And also, what's the differences in your injection technique? Are you using needles, cannulas? Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, there was consensus guidelines, which I was a part of, where most of us use somewhere between five and nine cc's. I think many of us, eight to 10 is typically mm -hmm. what we right. use for facial yep. rejuvenation. And then we, I think we, most of us add a little bit of lidocaine yeah. into that plain. plain or with epi. I use a little epi in certain areas, but on the face, it's usually plain. I use plain. Yeah. I use plain as well. And so you want to make sure you have a homogenous, cloudy solution that you're actually using and um, and and then you know I think issues with we're getting a little off topic but with clogging just avoid when you're actually withdrawing up that white precipitate we used to think that was carboxymethylcellulose it's not it's just PLLA particles that are not in the suspension but that really can be problematic right. for people as they're beginning so what needle to are you using or cannula so I don't use a cannula I, I use either. needles um, for sculpture I do use cannulas and other applications oh, on facial rejuvenation sure. I think that's important for the audience to know but I, I'm a needle girl with that and I do reflux so we know reflux maneuvers there's a high false negative rate with sure. it we don't know the true value of it I still perform it but I think with PLLA it's a watery enough substance a couple times a year I see a flash oh absolutely and, I, and so I, I, I do don't use it with I don't reflux product. it but what I do is I keep a moving needle I'm in that subcute plane it's mm -hmm. less vascular mm -hmm. And so as I'm moving with that needle, I'm never stationary with it giving, well, unless it's in the temple, sometimes on the deep sure. plane. But when I'm globally injecting it, as long as you, even if you go in a vessel, if you go through the vessel mm -hmm. yep. with a slow plunger safe. pressure, you're safe. You're yeah. not gonna, I mean, knock wood, we hope it's here. Um, I've been injecting PLLA 14 years since it came to market in August of 2004. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so it, I feel like it's that moving, constant, not stationary injecting that makes a difference. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice to see all these different techniques. I use cannulas for PLLA, oh, except, for really? the except for the temples. And it, you know, I've definitely had some patients early on when I was injecting with needles, maybe come back because, not come back because of the bruising, but cannulas have really cut that down for me. But it's good to just see it, yeah. you know, what yeah. other people yeah, are doing. exactly. What size cannula do you use? I use a 25 gauge, either inch and a half or two inch. Yeah. 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 Reflecting on your experience, Dr. Wankel, how do you prevent adverse events in your practice? And then what recommendations do you make to your patients and tell them when they're receiving PLLA? I think that if you inject globally and understand where the product can be placed, I do not inject it in the tear trough. Absolutely. That's an accident waiting to happen. Absolutely. I do not put it in the lips, and quite frankly, I do not put it in the hands. I don't like those areas of very thin skin. Mm -hmm. I've even seen nodules from very hyperdilute mm -hmm. sculpture in the hands. I think choosing the location where you use the product, doing the proper dilution, hyperdiluting it for the decollete, for the arms, for the knees. Yep. Oh my goodness. 
it's been wonderful in those sorts of areas. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a whole new thing, as, w as well as the buttocks. I mean, I've heard of people putting as many as 40 vials in the buttocks mm -hmm. of PLLA. So, but I think that cutting, knowing where to use it, where to place it, and then telling the patient for several days, five, five and five, I still tell them five times a day, five minutes at a time for five days. If they will massage, and I tell them it doesn't have to, you're not gonna hurt the product, you're just gonna make sure it stays evenly dispersed just like I injected it. I, I really have had found it to be a very safe um, product in my hands. Yeah, I think icing, and if you tell the patients that the 555 massage stimulates they collagen, they're gonna do yeah. that. Well, this has certainly been a really fascinating discussion, and I'd like to just all bring it together, and if, if we could each share some key takeaways from this. So let's, let's start with you, Dr. Palm. Well, um, you know, I'm a, I feel like this is confessional. I'm a PLA patient myself, so <laughs> I, I do really like the product. Um, and collagen stimulators in general, I think they can provide really important scaffolding for some of the volume loss, whether it be fat or bony loss that we have, and gives very natural looking results. Many of my patients want something that their own body is in charge of, and I think mm -hmm. that's very appealing for them. So I think doing that and knowing proper injection plane, proper techniques, dilution, and some of the new information about reconstitution is really important for those as they practice in their clinics. Absolutely. Dr. Wayne? I think it's important with that patient expectation mm -hmm. challenge. This is not an immediate result. This is not something one vial in most of my patients is going to treat. Right. They have to look at what the budget is, what their expectations, what their timeline is. Um, if they're son is getting married in six weeks, this is probably not the yeah. right direction for them. So as long as we can set expectations, timelines, let the patient know, once we get to there, it's a very durable result, it's a very natural result. I like the fact that it doesn't impede muscle movement. And we know sometimes those HAs actually put pressure on the muscles and you don't get that natural look that I think you get with PLLA. Yeah, I mean, I will just say that PLLA has been one of my favorite injectables in my practice, but it's not for everyone in right. terms yeah. of the injector. It's not something that you can just go and start injecting. So like Dr. Palm was saying, there are consensus recommendations out there that I think are important to investigate. And if you're interested in starting with this product, it's important to understand that this is a, a moving, really fluid um, mm. product in terms of new evidence, new things are coming out that is gonna help us get better results for our patients yeah. and to investigate that, to understand and to keep learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's good to get training. Yes, To yeah. go Absolutely. and get trained and hands-on so you get the feel of the plane of injection and Absolutely. how to inject it. And with those takeaways in mind, I'd like to thank my panelists here, Dr. Palm and Dr. Wankel. Again, so great speaking with you guys again today. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Prova Education and is supported by an independent educational grant from Galderma. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash Prova. Thank you for listening.